0: Money FM 89.3, best of prime time.
1: You're listening to prime time on Money FM 89.3. I'm Rachel Kelly with Timothy Goh. And now it's time for Tech Talk, where we get you up to speed on the latest tech news and trends.
0: Well, today we're talking about Web 3.0 or 3.0, whichever way you want to say it. What exactly is Web 3.0, you might ask? Well, Singapore FinTech is just around the corner and Web 3.0 is this year's theme.
1: That's right. From the 8th to the 12th of November, Singapore FinTech Festival will bring together global knowledge sharing from leading academics, practitioners and thought leaders across 45 sessions covering building and ensuring sustainable financial services for Web 3.0.
0: So to find out more now, we are joined by Pat Patel, the general manager of Elvandi. And Subnendu Mohanty, the Chief FinTech Officer at the Monetary Authority of Singapore, joining us this hour. All right, gentlemen, thanks for joining us here on Tech Talk. First of all, what is Web 3.0 and why should we know about this? Why does this matter to
1: us? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I think a lot of people
2: do ask this question, what is Web 3.0? Because it's very important for us to know what is Web 2.0. It is the, it's the Internet we know today. It is about a centralized system where you go to Facebook or you go to a website and you interact with that website. They have the information and you put user ID password, they control the data and you access information. And that's the classic internet we are all used to today. Mm -hmm. In Web 3.0, that whole centralized construct will get decentralized. So you will see individuals have a far more uh, centralized ownership of their own data, and they're going to interact with each other almost like a peer-to-peer to peer interaction without the need for a counterpart in between. So it's very human-centric. It preserves the privacy on a computer network and allows us to be able to customize our access to information which best fit to our device, our location, and whatever requirement may be. So it's the so whole this concept of moving from a centralized access to a decentralized access is fundamentally what Web 3.0 means. There are other definitions. People talk about democrat, democratizing the internet. People talk about how this is happening over a permissionless blockchain, open protocols, open standard. But those are our tech definition. But from a layman perspective, it is, it is, it is a shift happening from a centralized way of Interacting with Internet to a decentralized way of interacting uh, over the network between people.
1: Subnandu, thank you for that overview so we can better understand Web 3.0. Pat, perhaps you can share with us, what are some examples then of Web 3.0? Perhaps not quite in action today, but so that we can better get a grasp of this concept.
3: Absolutely. I think, you know, exactly what SOPS was mentioning that, you know, it's, it's a paradigm shift and that will impact every industry sector as well as jobs of the future as well and, and, and business models. And we been able to see some of these in action today. And there's a great example here in Singapore. So if you think the organization that was set up recently, Partio, which is a joint venture between Temasek, mm-hmm. uh, DBS and JP Morgan, you know, which had its kind of original genesis from Project Ubin, which was a collaboration with the MAS and the financial services sector. But it was there to leverage blockchain and DLTs, a so distributed ledger tech, Technology for kind of clearing and settlements and, and payments and securities. And, and what part of your ultimately, you know, what is grown and what, what it's looking to do is it's kind of designed to service kind of the next generation of, of kind of payments currencies and kind of transform what has been, you know, a lot of challenges around cross-border payments and and, and its infrastructure. And so if you think there's been a lot of issues around kind of, or or just challenges and friction more than anything, around kind of timeliness, transparency of fees and traceability, but by leveraging these technologies, you know, and smart contracts in particular, you can kind of reimagine the way you know corresponding banking is done today. And if you think some of these structures have been around for, for many many years, you know, organizations like Partio and there's a number of others, mm-hmm. you know, they'll be able to speed up the transaction time and, you know, basically enable that finality and, 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 and certainty in and kind of settlements and transactions. And, and that's at the corporate kind of level. But when you look at, say, um, there's a great example today of the musician from Linkin Park, Mike Shinoda. And he's speaking
1: um, at Singapore FinTech Festival, isn't he, as well? I'm a, I was a big Linkin Park fan back in the day.
3: Fantastic. Same here. Yeah, absolutely great musician. And, you know, some of the things that he's been doing recently has been kind of leveraging kind of NFTs or, you know, what is known as non-fungible tokens, Mm -hmm. you know, to help kind of um, it's a new way to help artists to get their royalties if you think the advent of kind of Spotify and the way that music sharing has gone you know musicians have lost out and so you know he's been driving you know leveraging kind of ultimately web 3.0 technologies to try and get artists back in the game and to be able you know make more music and you know things that we we want from these musicians that's a great example the, the other one I would like to kind of touch upon here and maybe SOPS can kind of build mm-hmm. out on some of these examples it's probably around autonomous finance, you know, the ability to kind of create that personalization and we're seeing it at the early onset in terms of retail banking the way that account transfers can kind of you know seamlessly be transferred between you know to, to, to different accounts customer behaviors ultimately and and kind of triggering kind of new new transfers and, and and kind of trying to meet those life goals and balances so if you've got this personalization it really helped consumers to be able to make financial decisions far more seamlessly than they've ever done we're also seeing it in the insurance sector as well but this is- more on the claims process processing side of things where autonomous finance is kind of hoping to reduce some of that human error um, mm-hmm. in the back office, as well as kind of some of the manual resource intensive process that, that can kind of create that real advantage. And, and then there's a few bits around wealth management and how you can kind of automate. And I think that's the key bit here is, is automating it, but on that you know, personal level, rather than you know um, as a cohort of individuals.
0: Pat, the way you describe this, though, it sounds to me like you've got to be very tech savvy to be able to understand or to take advantage of web 3.0 to make it work for you but at this level where we have today and for most of the consumers who may you know use their digital sorts of payments and things like that, do they need to know what's happening behind the scenes?
3: So, so I think it's, it's good to know absolutely. but if you think the onset of web 2.0 where we had the likes of kind of Airbnb come through Facebook and Uber, you know these were massive paradigm shifts if you think of mm-hmm. you know the contribution that these organizations or these business models that have made at the time, it, it was a paradigm shift and people were thinking, Well, how does that happen? And you know, now it's just a way of life. So if you really understand how say Uber works in the back end or, or how Facebook works with its you know its analytics and, and mm-hmm. kind of AI development, you know, some of these things just become part of your everyday life. So it kind of in an answer to your question, I think it's um, an, an understanding and an awareness, but you you know, you don't need to know the the the, the details. Um, having said that, if you want to know the details, then, you know, absolutely come along to the Singapore FinTech Festival because <laughs> we'll be sharing, you know, <laughs> words and words, everything about these technologies.
2: You have asked a very interesting question. How many of us know how Internet works today? It's a very complex process. The mm-hmm. TCPIP protocol, there are message packets being exchanged. It's a very complex process, but we don't necessarily have to understand how to use Internet. You need to understand the underlying TCPIP architecture i think similarly the tech stack which powers this web
0: 3.0 will be completely transparent to consumers that's the thing though because we don't know how the web works we don't know how many things work as regular consumers i'm speaking as a regular consumer here and that's when some people get into trouble or have mm-hmm. some security issues that crop up uh, down the road indeed i think i think one
2: of the efforts we all have to make is the literacy the con- the consumers literacy on understanding this technology and what kind of hygiene we must have when you interact on digital finance it I comes see. with issues like cyber hygiene mm-hmm. which is very fundamental when you interact with internet and and this is which is what we are very focused on as part of our program there are also issues around uh, how to protect your own data data privacy is a big part mm-hmm. of this whole, whole 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 challenge out here but good news here's the good news Web 3.0 is actually designed to make data privacy an almost central part of the design, which means we, as individuals, ownership of our own data, and we will, through our own application, interact with different counterparties to do our transaction. As against today, you have certain data to Internet platform A, B, C, D, E, F, G, S, and we, we have shared information in so many uh, so many websites, which we don't uh, know and we don't know what they're doing. So this is quite a shift where the central, where the ownership will shift to consumers using Web 3.0 as the new architecture.
1: We're speaking with Subnendu Mahanti, Chief Fintech Officer at the Monetary Authority of Singapore, and Pat Patel, the General Manager of Elevandi. So just moving on from that, because on the Singapore Fintech Festival, under one of the sessions, it says if Web 3.0 is open, permissionless and trustless, what does this then mean for new finance services? What could they look like, especially from a consumer's perspective?
3: Ultimately, it's the evolution of of traditional finance structures. And if you think these structures have served us well for hundreds of years, you know, they might not necessarily be fit in all instances in today's world. And, and so as we've mentioned around, you know, the, a little bit around Web 2.0 and, and, and how we're moving from kind of that mobile social cloud. To, to this new construct, you know, it's a it's a paradigm shift, and so, you know, if we break that down, you know, open, you know, what we mean by open is that open source software. So it's accessible. And I think that's the key word there is around accessibility by communities and that transparency that's often do mentioned. And then when we look at trustless, you know, this is a key part of it as well. You know, it's the network that allows people to ultimately kind of interact publicly or even privately without having that trusted third party in the middle because you feel safe in the knowledge. And if you think a lot of financial structures at the heart of it all has been around trust. If that trust, you know, is enabled in this, in this new Web 3.0 world, then it just opens up um, so many possibilities. And then I think the last piece that you mentioned was around permissionless, in that, Mm -hmm. you know, ultimately anyone, you know, both users and suppliers can can play a role without that kind of central authorization because, you know, it can move and things, you know, whether it's data or or, or money can flow seamlessly without having to require um, that hub-and-spoke model. And so, you know, if you think the new layers of that tech innovation, ultimately it's, you know, it's quantum computing, it's decentralized data networks and, you know, clearly artificial intelligence. And and that's where the evolution has moved from mobile, social cloud all the way through now to, to quantum decentralized networks and AI.
0: You just mentioned there, uh, Pat, money can flow uh, seamlessly, I guess, cross border and all of that is there a danger there then when uh, bad elements come in and, well, disrupt that flow of money or divert that flow of money or use it to their own advantage? I, I, I think, let me, take, let me take the question.
2: Look, okay. uh, when we, uh, we talk about this infrastructure, which will make uh, the flow of money easier, I think we still have to think on the traditional lens. And I'll take an example. Today, uh, Singapore connected their systems, I mean, we connect our p system to Thailand's Pompeii. And that's a significant shift in the the way we think about cross-border payment. Today, I can pay somebody in Thailand by just knowing the mobile phone number in three Mm -hmm. clicks, and I can send money, which is much cheaper in terms of cost. It is down from $15 per $100 transfer to $3. At an instant, it's sitting on the other side, and it's getting created uh, other account almost like a fraction of a second. Now, the question that you ask with Web 3.0, how much efficient it can become what is already super efficient, efficient today. I think the real efficiency comes that when this whole process of instant money transfer gets secured by what happens in between. Today, a lot of processes happens between the money moving from A account from one country to B account in another country. And that's what we call the checks, the sanction checks, the... The beneficiary checks and all this compliance process.
1: Subnandu and Pat, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. We've been speaking with Subnandu Mahandi, the Chief FinTech Officer at the Monetary Authority of Singapore, and Pat Patel from Elevandi. You're listening to Money FM 89.3.
0: To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg.